Entrepreneurs will save the world. We chat with successful entrepreneurs who share their journey and the lessons learned along the way. The Add Value to Entrepreneurs podcast is edutaining, leaving you with actionable advice to transform your life and create a thriving business that aligns with your values and goals. Our conversations are for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from their work so they can live the life they desire. We focus on the mindset shifts entrepreneurs make to increase their influence and impact in the world. It's time for you to add value. This episode is brought to you by Perfect Publishing. Perfect Publishing is a different approach to publishing a book. Perfect Publishing is sharing a project of hope called The Dose of Hope. We carefully chose heroes of hope who exemplify living a life they created through faith, hope, patience, and persistence. No matter what page you open to in this mini cube of hope, you will find a leader with a big heart. You will see you are not alone. The authors may share similar challenges that only hope and action could resolve. Get your free ebook at addvalue2life.com slash dose. Addvalue2life.com slash dose. Today's guest is James Bryant, PhD. James is the founder of Engineer Your Success, a boutique leadership training and peak performance coaching firm designed to help engineers win in business and in life. Dr. Bryant believes that you can build the business of your dreams and have a life that you absolutely love. He has over 20 years of experience leading teams and organizations in the private and public sector and is the host of Engineer Your Success podcast. Dr. Bryant is a professional engineer, a certified John Maxwell leadership speaker, trainer, and coach, and most importantly, he is a loving husband and father. Dr. James Bryant and Robert discuss how he shifted from being an engineer to serving engineers and helping them find the freedom and lifestyle that he attained through leading himself to higher performance and success. He loves teaching others and creating multiple streams of income to build his dreams. Well, James, I appreciate you taking the time today to, to be on the show and just uh, looking forward to learning about you and your journey and, and all the people that you're you're serving. Oh, oh thanks a lot, Robert. I, I really do appreciate the opportunity to be on the show. Um, glad to be here. Uh, really excited to just share my journey. Um, and we'll start wherever you want to start. I, well, I am an open book to you and your guests. Uh, well, we love open books. So typically, we just let people share how they made the leap into entrepreneurship and and uh, and, what, and what's brought them to where they are today. Okay. So, you know, for me, it's I have a coaching company engineer your success, uh, LLC. I focus on, um, helping engineers win at work and at home. And so that really is my focus in terms of my background. I am a licensed professional civil engineer. I have a PhD in civil engineering. I've worked in the transportation, uh, research and transportation area for over 20 years. And, you know, I started off as a life coach, then I got some business coach training and I really wasn't gaining traction because, you know, Robert, someone says, well, who's your client? Who's your ideal client? Well, at that time, I'm like, everybody, I can help everybody. If they and, have cash. Yeah. Well, yeah. I can help everybody. Like, like if it is this naivete that we want to help everybody and we're, we're trying to craft a message to talk to everyone. But as you know, when you're trying to talk to everyone, no one actually hears you because your message is not dialed in enough to actually attract the people that your message would actually resonate with. And so it was through one of these moments of reflection and, you know, saying, okay, well, what is it that I need to do? You know, I know that I'm, I'm I get results from my clients. I know that I'm a good coach. I know I can do these things. What is going on? And actually was one of my cousins says in a passing moment, well, you know, you're an engineer and you're a coach and you know, those people need um, some services. I said, wow, that's it. I will change, totally change my focus to really dial in, in the community that I've been building relationships for over the past 20 years, where I can bring some instant credibility with my technical background but also now with my background from coaching and business coaching, being able to help that community win at work and at home. Oh, 
so valuable. So let's dig a little deeper into into what that that passing phrase obviously you know seems so obvious, but what did that allow you to change in your language and in your and in your marketing and in presenting yourself to to that community? I think it you know in my language it provided me a very clear what problem am I solving, mm. right? What problem am I solving and what solution am I bringing? Um, you know, so it, it's originally we approached this concept of work-life balance, but I have not met anyone who actually were in need of work-life balance, you know, some adjustments <laughs> that could admit it. You know, so <laughs> if you say, you know, I'm a work-life balance coach, I'm going to help you get work-life balance. I don't need that. I don't need that. What what does that do for me? That's, you know, this typically the reactions that you get unless there's a crisis. And then when there's a crisis, people want to get help on that particular crisis. But when I say it, I'm going to help you win at work and at home, that's right. I want you to win. I want you to win at both places. There are a lot of people that are doing very well in their careers. They're building their businesses. There's several entrepreneurs that will be listening to your podcast that are doing an extremely great job of building their business. But then they go home, their relationships are not as fruitful or as fulfilling as they once were. They look at their children and as their children are growing and their interests are changing, they're not there to kind of be there and grow along with their family. Mm. Um, and, And so it's really understanding there are some real tools and strategies that you can use that can help you win at work and at home. So one, one of the main tools that I use is the engineer's blueprint for a balanced life. And basically it's a four phase process. It's what I would call simple, but not easy because many things that are simple in terms of conceptually, but actually doing them and living them out uh, that's where the progress happens. That's where you really have to lean into your resolve. But in terms of just very quickly, first phase, it's it's focused on what matters most. So, you know, go through a process, you're asked clients, I would say, Robert, tell me what matters most to you. Most people tend to say those things that, you know, they should say, my family, my faith, my friends or relationship, all of these other things. That's okay. Great. I'm glad you let's, let's write it down. That's wonderful. Next session. Let's take a look at your calendar and see how well you are actually living your life. And is it aligned with what you say that matters most to you? Um, and when there is a disconnect, that's where we know where the work of coaching and the work of really applying the engineer's blueprint can go to work. So then it's, Hey, visualize the life that you want. What would life look like if you were actually investing your time in those areas that you say are important? And once you have that visual, we're going to then design a life, you know, design the path. How are we going to get there? And we design it. And of course, you got to build it. So you got to execute. And so that's just very briefly the kind of the phases or steps that are included in the engineer's blueprint for a balanced life. Yeah, there's there's a couple really good things in there. First of all, the the ability to focus and and give people permission to have a great work life and a great home life. Yes, that is that is absolutely possible. It's absolutely doable, and it and it doesn't require sacrificing one or the other. Yes, um, that's a that's a really important piece. And what I would what I would add, Robert, it requires sacrifice, but it does not require sacrificing winning at work. And winning at home. It will require you to sacrifice some of your time. It will require you to sacrifice your ego. It will require you at times to sacrifice your autonomy or the ideal that I have to do everything myself or I have to go it alone. Mm. Well, and there's a couple, I mean, pieces in that, right? The idea of really this is this is living by intention. Yes. This is designing a life by intention and and taking responsibility for every moment of your day, right? Because the the truth is so many of us get caught in this idea that, you know, oh, I got to drive to work and that takes this time. I got to be at work these, you know, nine to five and then I got to drive home and then I got to do dinner and well, you know, got to have a beer and and relax for, you know, and and we have these expectations 
but a lot of them are lazy <laughs> and, and, and you fall into this routine that typically is pretty lazy yeah and 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 it's a natural right our brain our brain naturally aspires to that <laughs> our, yes. and and unless you take responsibility unless you step into and say i want to be more intentional with my life mm-hmm. then i can choose what are the things that that really matter to me and yeah. design my life around that i talk all the time on the show about entrepreneurs one of the greatest freedoms of entrepreneurship is to design the life that you want yes but in order to do that you have to know what you want yes and very there's there's most people don't reflect on what they want they don't know what they really want like you mentioned they say the typical oh you know well god and and my family and the things that are supposed to be important but but is that what you really want right in designing their ideal day how do you want to spend your perfect day what does the perfect day look like for you and and most people don't know yeah and no, so no that's absolutely true and most people don't know i would say there are a lot of people that fool themselves into saying that that's what they want but if that's not what you really want that's okay too right to to me it's getting people to own up to where they are and who they are uh, not to live up to someone else's expectations, but what are your expectations? Absolutely. And and digging into that is the first step. Right? It, and and that's the hard work, right? Yep. You mentioned, you know, that it's it's simple but not easy, but you you know what you want, but you got to give yourself permission to want it. Yes. Yes. And you know, I, I would segue um part of the conversation into my journey into entrepreneurship in you know, why I chose to start a company, um, you know, kind of what, what what my thought process was, what I was thinking through. So originally I'm from Philadelphia, uh, grew up, um, you know, in the inner city of Philadelphia. My father, he worked welding um, panels on 18 wheeler trucks. So mm. he, he was a, a welder, but he also had a small auto body repair shop. And we used to all go to the shop and, you know, work at times and do things. So my father worked in my mind all of the time, you know, he would get up early in the morning, go into his job. He would work, come, you know, come home. We would, my mom and I, or my brother, we might would take him something to eat, you know, very quickly there at the shop and he would be there fixing cars. And I might see him every, you know, in the evening, late and when it was time for uh, vacations or time for time off it really bothered me that i felt he didn't have any time for me i felt that he just did not um have time for me and it took me a long time to uh understand what i was thinking and feeling now now my father and i we had a very good relationship so we were like best friend. So this is not a, a, you know, any knock on my father. He passed away uh, in 1995. Uh, so several years ago, but it was still, you know, it was, it was a blow to me, but I say all that to say what I was, you know, I was working as an engineer. Um, I started doing coaching and started doing some other things and I just would not take the leap to actually start a company to actually go into entrepreneurship. And when I started to reflect and really dig deep to think of, you know, why, what is this limiting belief? What is stopping me from moving forward? And one of the things that I I realized is that in my mind, I didn't think that you could have your full-time job, that you could work in your company, start your company and build a company and have time for your family. Mm. Because that was the experience that I had growing up. I didn't equate my father as an entrepreneur, but he was. And I didn't equate that experience to what's holding me back from really moving forward and embracing the call that I feel that I have on my life in terms of being able to pour into people and to help people when at work and at home. And was after I had that revelation, it was like, okay, I can start my business. I can really begin to move forward. And the one thing that 
I do is I make sure that I invite my family into what I'm trying to do. So my wife and my two kids, we have discussions. It is not just, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to speak at this meeting. I'm going to this conference. I'm going to try to land this client. It's no, 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 no. Let's get together. Let's talk. I want you guys to understand and come along this journey with me. And I still make time for my family. So all of those things that I thought that I couldn't do, Robert, I've been able to do. Well, and it's it's interesting because until you decide that you want to be intentional, you, you don't know what's important. You, mm-hmm. you think you do, right? And for the majority of people, they think their job's really important because they got to bring home the paycheck because that's really important to pay the bills and be responsible. Yep. And and for some, that means two jobs, right? They're working two jobs because they want to be responsible. They want to take care of their family. And and they get caught up in, in work being so important. And because they want to take care of their families, mm-hmm. and, and like you said, most of them end up neglecting their families, and entrepreneurs can do the same thing. They get caught up in work because, especially as an entrepreneur, they love their work and, and they can forget about what's important, which is why it's so good that you help people figure out their values first. Yes. What is what is the most important? And and for some, you know, Simon Sinek teaches about the why. Mm-hmm. And typically that little why is really about what matters. And and your family should be a part of what matters. Yes. Right. You know. One of the things that that I learned early on as as a as a father is that I'm married to my wife. That's a lifelong commitment. Mm-hmm. But being a father it was a temporary commitment. And for some, they don't recognize that it's a temporary responsibility. And you only have that responsibility for a short period of time, and then it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 if you don't if you don't take that responsibility as seriously in that temporary role your opportunity to make it right is gone. And yeah. so, so you, you do have to know that, how, you know, how important this is, but at the same time, a part of that was I can't neglect my wife to put my kids first. My, nope. my wife is always first. And my kids learned that pretty early on. Yes. Mom is absolutely the most important thing in my world because yes. I got to keep her for a long time. Yep. And, and you guys are out of here. Like we're making plans. You guys, <laughs> you guys yep. are out of here. And, and, and of course, that also helped because my wife and I were committed to the journey. Yes. And, and I think there's there's some marriages where they're committed to the to the power and control, and this is the this is the situation rather than committed to the journey together, um, whatever that looks like. And and I think entrepreneurs have to be committed to the journey because it the journey is really all we have. Yes. And so I tell people all the time: if you're not liking the journey, whether that's your job or whether that's your company or whether that's you know, the, the things that you're you're involved in to make money, you know, pull the cord next to the window, make the bus stop yeah. and get off and get on a different bus. Yeah, because that's really your best opportunity to do something different. And so I love that you in your process of figuring out, wait, I can do this. And oh, these are the things holding me back because of because of what I experienced. And so you're you're able to recognize the stories of your past. Mm-hmm. And change those stories to the positive that supports your business and supports your ideas. But what's also really cool is how much it aligns with who you're serving now and what you're what you're serving them with. Yes. So now I'm focused on engineers. Now I'm focused on engineers that want to have, you know, a, a great life at work and a great life at home, which I missed out on. I feel like I missed out on pieces of that because my mm-hmm. dad was so caught up in in trying to support our family. Yep. And, 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 and I honor thing, my dad, right? I can honor my dad in those stories is, for the future. You, you That is exactly um, it. I honor my father through having a business. I honor my father every time that I'm helping a client when at work and at home. I honor my father every time that I'm able to pick up the kids from school. I honor him every time that um, I, I do things with our family. Um, and he had to make sacrifices, right? So this is not a thing of, again, me lamenting or beating up my dad or no, 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 no. He was a great guy, did everything he needed to do. It was a different era. Um, I think my interpretation of how things were as a kid, you always want more time, but it was really that story 
was holding me hostage. Mm. And I had to break free of that story to really kind of start putting things in the gear to build my business. Yeah. Well, until you, until you start to do it, right. Until you, you start to take those steps, you don't even realize that the story's holding you back. Yes. And that's the challenge because so many people are held back and they're waiting, they're waiting for something to start. Yes. But until you take that first step, you don't, you don't recognize what's, what's happening in your mind. And so the process is really how you grow and, yes. and taking action is, is that first step towards growth. And, and it's not being afraid to fail. You know, you can't be afraid to fail and to make mistakes. Um, you don't want to be a person frozen by the fear of failure because failure to act is something that will actually cause you to fail. <laughs> well, that's that, the, that is that's the, the truest form. <laughs> failure to act is what will cause you to fail. But as you, as you begin to, take action and you get data and the data says this isn't working the way you want it to work or this isn't turning out the way that you wanted it to turn out you make adjustments you put that into action and you keep going and repeating this process as you start making your way towards success and towards significance however however you define that for your situation mm. I just love how your stories tie together. And, and of course, that's part of the process, right? Is, is, and, and that's why it's so challenging in the beginning of entrepreneurship, because A, we have so many stories when we start and then yes. figuring out which are the stories that, that matter. And, and, but it really is all about story. Our lives yeah. are all about the stories we tell ourselves from our past, the stories we're telling ourselves about our current situations. And of course, the stories, the vision, right? The vision we're casting for the future. Yeah, it is. And so as you're saying that, you know, if you're looking at, if I'm, if I am standing at the bottom of a hill, so I just, I just recently completed uh, my first 10 K race. So I, Congratulations. I wasn't, thank you. Thank you. I wasn't, you know, running like a, a fast sprinter or anything like that. It was a slow time, but I finished my, my people would say, well, what time did you want? I wanted to finish. That's right. And be alive. Like yes, and be alive and be able to walk afterwards and, you know, like be able to, to not uh, have to lay in the bed in a fetal position hooked up to an IV, you know, because I, I've wrecked my myself trying to do the 10K. So I, I just recently did that. But let's say that if we can, you know, listeners can visualize you are running and say you're training and there's this huge incline you can look at that incline and you can see a mountain you can look at that and see a hill you can look at it and see it as an obstacle or you can look at it and see it as an opportunity mm. and when you look at it as an opportunity it's the opportunity for you to grow right because as you are struggling to physically make it up the hill as you're struggling to overcome that obstacle that is the thing that actually makes you stronger and that prepares you for the next step or the next stage that you have in life the next race or the next challenge and so when i look at these things and i've had to learn to actually not just visualize my success but visualizing myself overcoming that obstacle or switch that a little bit and say, taking advantage of that opportunity to grow stronger. Hmm. So good. So powerful. You already, you already mentioned your, your niche and, and being able to find out, you know, figure, figure that out. And that can be the hardest thing for, for so many. Mm -hmm. well, let's talk about that, how that's led to you being able to be your authentic self and and show up as as James Bryant father engineer listen showing up as James Bryant father engineer christian husband friend all of these different things so you know there was a as part of this journey when you're thinking about i'm trying to attract a particular type of client right so you are actually putting together posts and you're doing things on social media, all with the ideal of I'm going to attract these clients in. 
And, you know, Robert, I don't know if you take your clients through this or clients may be familiar with going through your ideal avatar, you know, really dialing in who it is that you're trying to talk to or that you're trying to reach. And, you know, so we typically put our, our the stuff that we're going to post, the, the campaigns that we do through the filter of that avatar. So, and I would, you know, I've been doing that avatar and I'm doing that, but it's like, something's missing. Like it's, I'm not, I'm showing up as who I think this person needs, but not necessarily as myself. And I know that everything is not about me. It's about the client. It's about reaching them, but it was something missing. And so, you know, one day during my quiet time in the morning, um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm seeking God. I'm, I'm, I'm praying. I, I t- typically have this morning routine. And that's part of the first things that I do. And so, you know, I'm like, okay, uh, you know, acknowledge, you know, God in all your ways and he'll direct your path. Okay. God, well, you know, I, I want to post something and you know, what should I post? And he says, finally, finally, you, you know, finally you asked me, what should I post? And so that now becomes part of a filter of what I post and how I authentically show up as myself. And so the, the way that that manifested itself, Robert, I did a post. Um, it was about my son's experience on uh, uh, not making middle school track team. Now, again, this was like maybe a week after having this experience where I've now included within my filter of how I'm showing up. Okay, God, what would you have me to do? You know, that, that becomes a p- part of my routine now. And so I, Normally on LinkedIn, I may get, you know, I'm doing good if I get 3,000 views on, you know, if I did, if I get 3,000 views on a post, I'm like, yes, that was a good post. This is a great week. This is phenomenal. So I, I went through the process. I wrote what I felt led to write, posted, posted it. And within three weeks, there were over 500,000 views. Wow. The post. 500,000 views of the post. Now that creates a whole nother set of expectations that we put on ourselves, right? right. So, now, so now you have, oh, okay. I, I listened and this happened. Um, I don't even know if I want to post anymore because I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. <laughs> but then, and, 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 and I will say this in particular, particularly those entrepreneurs that are believers, you got to begin to deal with me about that as well. And it was, you know, whether it is 500,000 people that see it or five people that see it to the one person that God intends for that message to reach, that post will be everything. Mm. And so it doesn't. So the rest doesn't really matter when we begin to focus on why we're doing what we're doing. Nice. That's so powerful. Obviously, I love how you shared just that that transition from thinking I need to be who they need versus who I need to be. Yes. And, and allowing yourself to finally be who you, who you need to be and, and just and allow, show up and allow God to, to, to bring the people to you that, that he's already prepared for you to serve. Um, I, I think that's that there's a, there's a challenge in this entrepreneurship to, and maybe it's our faith, it's our faith journey as well. But the idea that God is for you mm-hmm. and for your calling, and that that if you're if you're obedient in serving people, that he's already got a plan for who needs to who needs to hear it and who needs to come to you. And and for some reason we have this idea that we should play small for God mm. instead of play huge. For God and expect God to do amazing things, not for you, but because of you, but through you. Yes. Right. We will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by the newly released book, Dream Life Planner, Move from Tired and Overwhelmed to Free and Empowered by Noelle L. Peterson, available on Amazon, or you can order a personalized signed copy at empower, E-M-P-O-W-E-R, two dream.com that's empower number two dream.com if you enjoy the show please like and subscribe leave a review tell your friends 
Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. So let's talk a little bit about playing big. <laughs> okay. Well, what do you what do you, what do you want to talk about here, Robert? Well, just the idea of that God expects excellence, right? Yes. God created us for greatness. Like you can move mountains. Yes. No, I, I think that's true. We can move mountains. And I think the hardest mountain for us to move is the mountain of ourselves. Mm. It it is really somewhat easy to apply faith to things that are external and beyond our control. Right? It's easy to say, God, you know, bring this contract or God um change this person's view on something. <laughs> but many of us don't seek God to change ourselves. And that's the one thus that is the one thing that we absolutely have control over. Right? We 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 have control over how we show up, over how we respond. And so to me, thinking big is, okay, God, continue to shape me and form me into who I need to be in order to walk into those blessings or to go after the bigger contracts or to grow my company in a way or to spread my message in a certain way. Who do we need? Who do you need to be? Mm. And to, to me, that is the that is the biggest form of playing big, right? Because I can say, you know, uh, I want to grow my company to serve uh, a thousand, you know, engineers and help them when at work and at home, and I want to have X number of uh, group trainings and leadership sessions, and I want to have this many one on one clients, and I want this and I want that. And I want this and I want that. But part of the question, and I take my clients through this, and I'm sure you do the same, is who do you need to be in order to have those things to do those things? Who do you need to be? Hmm. And see, then as a Christian, it's, you know, you have to add the element of God, who do you need me to be? God, help me to be that person. Because, you know, with the Holy Spirit there, I don't have to do it alone. And you better not. <laughs> you can try. No, I, I listen, you can try, but you will fail. And it won't be a good kind of failure unless you learn from it. Oh, man, so powerful. All right, you mentioned routines. You mentioned a morning routine. What are, yes, what are some of your non-negotiables for your routine? Non-negotiables for my routine is some kind of a quiet time, uh, reading through some Bible devotions or a couple of passages of Scripture, uh, it is doing the workout, um, whether it is, you know, just 30 minutes of stretching or going for a run for a few miles. It is some time in solitude to myself to briefly journal. And those, you know, ideals, thoughts, it could just be, uh, you know, a few lines. It could be several paragraphs. It, could, it just depends on uh, what the day is and what that move. But those are kind of my non-negotiables, non-negotiables. Another non-negotiable for me is I tend to screen things through the lens of, will it take away the time that I want for my family? Mm. So if th there have been times where I've turned down job promotions and all kinds of different opportunities because it would require me to not physically be here as much have to travel a lot, have to do certain things. And I've said no. And they look at me and say, but this is a great opportunity. You, where's your ambition? Where are the things that you want to grow? I said, I am growing. I, I do have ambition. And my ambition is to be here for the limited amount of time that I have with our boys. Our boys are 13 and 14. And I really want to be a very present and active father in their lives and to help shape who they're going to be for their lives as well. So let's talk about the power of that boundary and how that boundary helps you make those decisions. It, oh, it does. Because once you, it's, life is pretty interesting is that the, the world will treat you like you tell the world to treat you. People will treat you like you demonstrate and tell them. 
Mm-hmm. And so if you say that your actions speak louder than words, if you don't respect your own boundaries of your time and what's important to you, you cannot expect anyone else to actually do that for you. So me saying that being here local, I'm in Richmond, Virginia, but being here, you know, being here with my family, limiting the traveling opportunities that I have, um, or being able to at least, um, you know, work through or work around what this means, the implications are for the time that I want to spend with my family is huge because what wound up happens, what winds up happening is that people begin to respect your boundaries, but they also respect you because you're a person of your word. You still get work done. You still are are making, you know, your contribution. You're still showing up the way that you need to show up. And when you do that and they look and they say, wow, he's doing that, but he's still, I know his family is a big part of his life and wow, they respect it. And it opens up other opportunities uh, for you. But the expectation is that whatever the opportunity, James isn't going anywhere. He's, he's, he's not, he, he is not going to compromise the boundary that he set for himself. I love it. I think, and it is a challenge in the beginning because they don't understand because so few people make their decisions that way. Mm-hmm. Right. Like when you're offered a promotion, Oh man, this is obvious. You should take this promotion. Yes. And, and it's obvious to them because they have a different set of boundaries or they mm-hmm. don't have any boundaries at all, which is what leads them to not protecting their family and not protecting the things that are important to them. And they end up hating their job because <laughs> they haven't, they haven't set these boundaries. And so one of the things I work with entrepreneurs primarily is, is, what is the life that you want? Yes. And then design your business, design the company you're building around that life. Yes. Because up you don't, just like you said it, the world will treat you how you expect it to. Yep. And and the world will take over and your business will take over and it will drive you into the ground like a great big giant hammer Yep. if you let it. And so, man, I, I love. So, and so I would, you know, I, w- I would add, Robert, the, the thing there particularly from an entrepreneurship perspective is it's when you're designing your life, you have to design your business and the management structure of your business that will allow you the flexibility of what you want. Because if you are leaving your nine to five, your W2 job and you're like, oh, I, need, I need freedom. I don't want to do this. I can't work for anybody and all these hours. I want freedom, but you go to a, an entrepreneurship situation, but then you design it so that you're the only one that's really doing all of the work. You've kind of traded one job for another job and you still haven't really created a business. And you have a terrible boss. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you do. So, you know, one of the things that um, may be of interest is how did I get to this moment of setting that boundary? So, I was here in Richmond, Virginia, uh, got the opportunity to take a, a job in Washington, D.C. Um, I commuted like the first year. We had our first child, but everything was fine. You know, my wife's at home and you know everything is cool. We're, you know, we're good. I'm gone early in the morning. I come back late at night, but I spend some time with the kid. You know, everything is fine. My wife decides to go back to work. Uh, we get pregnant like that next month. And my wife is told that she has to be on bed rest. Ooh. So now you have, I've been going back and forth to DC every day. I have a less than one year old at home and have a wife that's on bed rest. Your priorities change really quickly when life presents you with, Hey, you can't do what you've been doing and be here for your family. Mm. So that was really, you know, one of the catalysts that started this change, started working remotely. Um, my, my youngest son was born very prematurely. Um, he was born at um, 26 weeks in a day. He was wow. one pound, 13 ounces. My wedding ring could fit 
around his thigh. Oh my goodness. And so my he, grandbaby, my grandbaby, we just had a grandbaby and mm -hmm. she's, she's six pounds and she is so tiny. I can't, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. And so you have that experience. He was in the NICU from the day he was born in September to January following year, had several surgeries. We actually saw life leave him. Mm. Uh, as he was about to be operated on when he was 10 days old. Um, when you live through experiences like that, it changes you and it changes your perspective. Mm. And that changed perspective is really what made me want to be laser focused. Now I can say laser focused on winning at work and at home, but then it was just laser focused on being able to make a contribution financially to care for my family mm. and to my profession, but also to be there physically and emotionally and to be present for my family. Mm. Man. What a, I mean, it, it it's a shame sometimes that it takes a wake up call that yes. severe and praise the Lord that your, your son Yes, yeah, my son. Son lived to 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 share he, the story, and he's thirteen and years old now. Yep, be a huge testimony. So, so praise the Lord for that. And so, so that leads me to the idea of of, of gratitude and the power of gratitude in yeah. in your journey. Man, I, I think it's there's a lot to be grateful for. Um, sometimes we are not grateful for the hard times. That we had i'm grateful for the experience that i just described to you um with my son and my wife and my and my older son you know it was a package deal right because everybody every, things are all going on at the same time i'm very grateful but it, it helped you to make some incredible boundaries yes and and give you guidelines for making decisions for the rest of your life yep yes so i'm grateful for that mm. i i am grateful for having a, a wonderful mother and a wonderful father um, you know, growing up, you know, we were poor, but we had everything that we needed and that was enough. Um, so I, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the friends that I have in life. Cause as we get older, I think it is, it becomes more, more challenging to develop real meaningful and fulfilling friendships. Mm, absolutely. And, and so you know, I'm thankful for the friendship that I have with uh, Jerome Myers. He and I have been friends for, for um, well over a decade. There's another really good friend that I have, uh, William Sutton. Uh, he, he actually ran the 10K race with me. Nice. Uh, even though he hates running. <laughs> Literally, he hates running. But he, glad, he, glad you went slow enough for him. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, I, he, he hates running. He can He's run it before, runs very fast, but he actually slowed down and kind of jogged with me. He wanted to be there to support me. That's a, that's um, a, and friend. that was pretty cool. That is a friend. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm grateful for my wife um, who, you know, I would not be who I am without her. Of course, I'm grateful for my children and I'm grateful for God. Mm. And I'm Amen. grateful for that relationship. It's not a last, but not least just, I'm grateful for, for all of those things. Absolutely. So let's talk about your wife a little. Let's uh, so what was your most memorable date? Whew. Our most memorable date, I would say, is probably our first encounter <laughs> where uh, we had a, a mutual friend. I was friend, friends with her cousin in grad school. And, um, you know, I'm coming to Richmond. You know, I asked the cousin about uh, finding a place for different churches and what's going on. She said, oh, I have somebody perfect for you to run, you know, for you to meet that can tell you about things. And so um, we, we meet, we go out to eat, and she says, um, well, you know, tonight's Wednesday night, and we're having Bible study at our church. Do you want to come? And so this is many, many years ago. So this is before you had the Bible app and, you know, the things on the phones or an iPad and all of that. And I said, yeah, my Bible's in the car. And her eyes got kind of big, like, you have a Bible in a car? And it was really a shock for her 
to kind of meet somebody who's upwardly mobile, doing different things, and also what I would call a practicing Christian. So it was pretty mm. cool. Nice. Love that. All right. What do you love to do in your free time with your boy, with your kids? With the kids? Oh, man. We go hiking, bike riding, um, love cooking for the family. Um, so I do most of the cooking. So, I, you know, I cook and having everybody enjoy what I cook. Those are the things that I really like to do. Mm. So let's let's talk about the the challenges of we already talked some about the blessings of designing your business around your family. But let's talk about the challenges of running a business and, and raising a family. The challenges are you are pulled or you feel as if no, you are, I guess, pulled in so many different directions at the same time. And you really have to use your compass to help you continue to find due north in the midst of all of the storms and things that are going on. Uh, if you don't have your values straight and you're not really focusing on what matters most to you, then it's easy to get off track. And I realize that this thing is very dynamic. So any given day, your schedule may shift. The amount of energy and time that you have to put into your business, to put into your family, to put into your other work, that all shifts and changes. So this is not, it's not a, a static thing. But when you find yourself at a deficit, a extended deficit, so this is not, you know, a few days, a few, you look back a few months and you're like, I don't remember the last time we had dinner together. I don't remember the last time we actually talked about stuff. So you start to build in these routines, these check-ins um, so that you're bringing your family in to make sure that you're having that connection time. I think to, to me, that is a really important thing. And I've also talked about inviting your family in. Hmm. So letting them know, hey, you know, the next three months is going to be pretty critical. Uh, here are the things that we're working on that we have lined up. And so I want to make sure that you guys are aware. I may not be here to do X, Y, and Z but I'm going to need you to help hold me accountable because I'm inviting you in so that you can do that. Mm, man. So recognizing that, Hey, this is a season mm -hmm. and, and I want you to, you, things might slow down for you guys this season because the business is picking up, but hold me accountable so that at the end of the season, I'm not stuck continuing yes. over there, but I'm coming yes. back and, and honoring you for a season too. Yes. Hmm. Love the willingness to, to let your kids hold you accountable. Um, it, it, that can be really challenging. And uh, they, they don't forget. No, no, they don't. They do not forget at all, particularly right. if it's something in their favor. Now, if you tell them to do something, they might forget. But if they're <laughs> expecting you to do something, they will not forget. Yeah. One of the biggest challenges was, was when my kids told me that I acted different at work than I did at home. Mm. And, and it was... And part of it is they still have to be disciplined and there's still opportunity at home that's different than at work. But it was still, yeah, but I took I, I it, guess, I took it seriously. No, the big thing there is, is, and this, um, I think this happens when we think about, um, how we not necessarily self care, but being able to, um, I'm, I'm, the words that I'm trying to, to get. So let's say the, the instance will be my, my youngest son. There are times when he would really get down on himself, he would really be upset. And, you know, from our perspective, it's over nothing, but from him, he's really upset. And you had to get to the point where I was like, so let me ask you a question. If this was your best friend, what would you tell them mm, to do? Love that. And he's like, well, I would tell them that it's going to be okay, that this is only temporary and that things are going to change and that this is not permanent. And all of these things that he comes up with to tell a friend. And so my question is, you know, to him was, well, why don't you apply that same grace to yourself? And I think when it comes to how we operate at work and how we operate at home, sometimes we're more apt to have more patience and grace at work 
than we are at home. And when, when you become aware of that, it's the key. When you become aware of that, then you learn how to put some mechanisms in place that can help you apply the same patience and grace in both places. Absolutely. Yeah. I love the way you worded that patience and grace. And it's crazy how we snap off yep. at our, at our family in, 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 in no way would we ever do that, you know, to a coworker or to a room full of networking people, or even when they're all irritating the daylights out of us, we would never say it, but at home, Oh, jump up. <laughs> hey, you're bugging me. You're irritating me. But yep. I love, I love what you shared with your son because that's a really powerful self-reflection, right? Why would you talk to yourself any differently than you would talk to your best friend? Yes. And, and the same goes, you know, if you'd never, if you would never let a friend talk to you that way, why would you let yourself talk to you that way? Yep. Uh, you know, so both ways, both sides of that apply. So super powerful. Um, one of the things I love to talk about, especially with dads is and moms, is is play and fun. How important is play and fun as a part of your growth and family? I think it's huge. We we get more family play and fun, whether it's going hiking or doing fun activities, we don't get as much couple times fun, you know, just my wife and I, but we did recently earlier this year, take a trip to St. Lucia. Nice. Um, and it was without the kids, the kids were here with grandma and, and it was just her and I, and that was really refreshing. We've gone on other trips in the past. It will be part of some kind of work thing that I'm doing. Um, but this was one of the first times where the primary responsibility for what we were doing was just to go spend time with each other. Ah, love that. Love, love men that commit to dating their wives and recognize the importance of, of, of having, you know, couple time apart from family time. Yes. And, and obviously both are really important, but, uh, man, even if it's just hanging out on the couch and, and watching a movie together, but, but being present is, is so important. So how is, how is hosting a podcast? How is interviewing other, other folks um, had an impact? Oh man, it's been amazing. So my podcast is engineer your success with Dr. James Bryant, where we provide tools, tips, and techniques to help you succeed both in business and in life. To shorten that up, we help you win at work and at home, but it's been absolutely amazing because you're talking to people and you're listening for cues to help them uncover their own stories. And you're able to ask questions sometimes because you bring, I bring my own unique perspective to that conversation. And when I'm curious and I'm asking the right questions and I'm listening to what the individual is saying, you start to uncover some great aspects of people's stories that they don't even think about. And I think to, to me, that's probably the most amazing thing about hosting a podcast. So originally when, so the podcast went live in July of last year. Oh, me too. Yeah. So we're almost, you know, we're almost the year in, um, you know, I think I'm on the, this, this week we released episode 41. Nice. So we're, you know, continuing to move forward. Uh, so the first half, say 26 or so episodes are just solo episodes. So they're me talking about my philosophies about life, talking about servant leadership, uh, effective communication, I did some few episodes on the engineer's blueprint. And so it's been great. It's been a great venue for me to hone my voice and to hone my message. And it's been even better when I started bringing guests on to start really talking about their stories and just trying to illustrate to the listeners of the podcast that you can intentionally design a life where you win at work and at home. Man, love that. All right. So we've talked about connection to family, connection to clients. We've talked about your connection to friends in, in running and, and, uh, and, and valuing those, those friendships. But let's talk about just human connection and the value and, and need for human connection as well, I would say that some things you don't know how much you need it until it's not there. Mm. 
And over the past two and a half years, we've been dealing with the uh, the, the COVID-19 pandemic, the lockdowns, the masks, the you know, restaurants, you can't gather, all of these things. It has been difficult, I think, on all of us collectively to go through that as a country. Um, and so now, as we are leading out of it, we're not out of it yet. There's still issues that are going on. There's still you know, danger that's there, but we're leading out of it. Um, it's really cool and exciting to be able to have that human connection again, to be able to gather, to be able to have family over. We had family over uh, for Easter and it was the first time you know, I was, we were all there. We were all so happy. Mm. It was really a good time. And as I was reflecting toward the end, I was like, you know what? This is the first time in over two years that we've gotten together and not have been under the shadow of the COVID-19 pandemic. We've gotten together. And when we turn on the television, we're not hearing about the number of people that have passed away or the number of people that were infected or all of the things that you cannot do. It was just a good time for us to get together and hang out and be free. And it was really nice. Nice. All right, James, what inspires you? Ooh. What inspires me? That is an interesting one. I, I would have, I think for years I lied to myself and said not too many people would inspire me or, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> but you did say what? Um, but when I, th when I think about inspiration, nature inspires me. Solitude actually inspires me, although I am a people person. And I really do like to interact with people. I do need time alone to recharge. And that actually inspires me, like just time with me, just sitting there quiet or writing. I get so much joy, energy and inspiration out of that time, um, time with God, because that's incorporated within that time with me. Um, those things inspire me when I see people that are really truly walking and living their gifts out in their lives. Mm. So when I see someone that is actually operating in their gift, whether it is encouraging someone, coaching someone, leading, managing, serving, when you see it, you know it and you feel it in the room, that is inspiring to me. I love it. All right. What's the big dream? <sighs> The big dream, man, you ask them, the, the easy questions are, are the, the simple questions are the tough ones, right? <laughs> I mean, the, the big dream is to continue building um, Engineer Your Success, both the podcast and the coaching business, and to help more engineers, to help more people. That's the, that, that is the big dream, to be able to pour into the lives of other people to help people gain greater levels of understanding and awareness of what they need to do or the steps that they can take to overcome their limiting beliefs, the steps that they can take to build and design the life of their dreams, the steps that they can take to actually live out their values in their life, to be able to place boundaries or a moat around those things that are most important to them just to continue to help people do that. Mm, love that. All right, Dr. James, you've just spent an hour having coffee or a beer with your favorite entrepreneur. And now you want to leave them with Dr. James words of wisdom. What would you share? Woo. Dr. James's words of wisdom. It will be something that has been recently, um, you know, kind of sitting with me and that is have the heart of a servant, but the dignity of a king. Mm. And understand that the role that you play in day-to-day -day life in someone else's life may not necessarily define the position that you have. Your position is a king. Your role at times is a servant. Mm. So be able to uh, serve in your role, but have the dignity of a king. Love that. 
Thank you so much for taking the time today. What a great conversation. I appreciate your authenticity and loved your story. And, and just thank you for sharing so much wisdom. All right. Thanks a lot, Robert. I appreciate it. If you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe, or leave a review. We have a free gift for you at addvaluemindset.com. That's addvaluemindset.com. We've collected some of the best mindset secrets shared by successful entrepreneurs on our podcast, and we want to give them to you for free. addvaluemindset.com. In our next episode, Trent Clark and Robert have a great conversation about the itties, ability, capacity, mentality, productivity, and other big itties. We talk about pro athletes being hyper achievers and what is the business equivalent to getting in the reps. It's important to have high expectation because you play to the level you expect. Winners find a way and losers have many traits in common.